welcome to Paint Ed. PCA provides painting contractors with connections they need to grow their business. To find out more and to become a member, go to PCAPaintEd.org. Find more great content like this on PCA Overdrive. A subscription to the platform is included with membership. For all you non-members out there, sign up for our free trial. PCA Overdrive is available on the Apple Store and Google Play. In today's podcast, we feature an episode from Paint Ed with Torlando. In this episode, Torlando talks with experienced craftsman painter Akir El Bay about his journey as a union painter in learning the trade and elevating his craft to perform at a high-end level. He shares with us a framework for helping young people learn trade secrets and fall in love with the craft of painting. This episode is sponsored by Develamark and Angie Leeds. Welcome to Paint Ed. My name is Torlando, your host. I'm so glad to be here today with everybody. Um, the topic today is one that I'm I'm pretty excited about uh, because a lot of you folks are out there trying to find new people to hire. We talk about this a lot on the show because it is one of the most pressing needs that we have. But up to this point, we really haven't dove into establishing and building a a full-on apprenticeship program. And so uh, I've I've got a guy coming on today. He is a a trade painter. He is in the field. He's a true craftsman, master of his trade. His name is Kerr Bell Ray uh, with Blue Crew Painters. I'm super excited to have him on. And we're gonna we're gonna talk a little bit about the the cool stuff that he's doing over there. Before before I bring him on, uh, a couple things. Um, one is that uh, we've got the industry awards coming up. Uh, there's you can actually apply for an industry award uh, at Expo coming in March down in Orlando. Hope you come down. Hope you have already purchased your ticket and uh, claimed your hotel block. Uh, the last day of the expo, we have a beautiful award ceremony, a delicious dinner. You're dressing nice. You're looking good. It is the Oscars of the paint industry, and people apply uh, to, to win an award, and I'm telling you, um, it's a great honor. You're able to you know, get the bragging rights down uh, you know, at the, in the PCA and paint ed group. Uh, you get to show your customers that you are an award-winning painting company uh and it's and it's just such a wonderful wonderful lovely event so i recommend going down to pcapainted.org backslash awards and uh show your work show us what you're doing um shows like this paint ed and others like ask a painter live uh zk uh zk painting shows that can show uh you've got um chris moore's show with elite advisors uh, you got uh, Brandon uh, Pierpoint, the marketing show. So much great content on PCA Overdrive. Over 400 hours, maybe even 500 at this point. 599 a month for non-members, free if you're part of the PCA. Now, a few years ago, I did a little bit of history research on the painting trade. I I was developing my own apprenticeship program. Uh, now, I, I went through an apprenticeship when I was 18 years old. I was trained by by another painter in town. Uh, he showed me uh, all the ropes, uh, helped me develop a, an appreciation for the trade and for the craft. And it was something that uh, that, I, that I loved and, and fell in love with and, and have loved for a very long time. And uh, in, in my company, I developed a, an apprenticeship program um, where we would uh, find young people who had an interest in the trades and um, and we would we would train them and we would teach them the ways, teach them our ways. You know what I mean? And I did a little bit of research because uh, our because our trade is old. Right. It's I mean, it's well over. Uh, I mean, as a trade itself, it's well over 500 years. But, you know, you could you could claim that, you know, that people have been painting since the Stone Ages, the cave paintings and all of that. But, but in terms of it being an actual trade with trade secrets, it's a, it's a little over 500 years old. And in those days, uh, during the guild system, there was a formal way of doing things. You, you 
you started every painter started as an apprentice and in, and in those days i mean it was it was the olden days okay you would start your apprenticeship probably as a child really you know 10 11 12 you'd move into the house of the master craftsman and and you would work for free now obviously our society can't go down like that today but back then this is how it worked you would learn the trade and you would apprentice under the supervision of of a master craftsman and they would take you through the process until you became what's called a journeyman and the journeyman the uh the the root word is is journe. it's a french word which means day and it essentially meant that they were a day worker they would become a day laborer and the journeyman you would go on a uh, a journeyman's um the the journeyman year which uh, you would go from town to town and you would apprentice, you would continue your education under other masters, building upon your skills. And that's why that's why they called you a, a, a journeyman. But, uh, you know, we took we kind of took that word journey and we we think it's like a traveling thing. But really what's happening is, is there was a day worker, a day man who would walk through different towns and learn and hone in the craft and become a true master. And there were there was a lot that you had to do back then because people were mixing their own pigments, they were crushing them with a huge, you know, stone and and uh and you know making their own uh binders and all of this and uh and so there was a lot to know about the craft. And when you would finish your journeyman year, you would find a town where you would be able to set up your own shop and you would present yourself to the guild. You would present your masterpiece, your masterwork, and the guild would qualify you as a master. And only when you were qualified as a master could you bring on apprentices, right? And that was the system. That's how it worked. And it, and it continued, 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 of course, until... Uh, the 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 you know, industrialization and and the feudal system broke down and you know all of that all of that history happened but we still have remnants of that system it's present in universities it uh, became pre uh, very present in in the way that unions work um, and it and it even has uh, you know remnants in trade associations like the PCA which is why. Um, apprenticeship programs and the trade best practice series and uh, things of that nature accreditation are so important because it's all about qualifying the painter as somebody who knows what we're doing now you guys know you out there listening you know the difference between high quality painters and people who just show up and slap paint on the wall okay you know the difference and unfortunately our industry has gone through uh, a couple of phases where uh, because of a lot of things. And I look back at the I look back to the Great Depression, you know, where where there was a, a crazy unemployment. Uh, you know, 90 percent of, of construction workers were out of the job. If you had a construction project going on and the last thing to do was put paint on uh, and you ran out of money as a builder then what are you doing? You're trying to find the cheapest route to go. And I think that's kind of, I think that really hurt us as an industry. And I, I feel like we had, we've had a really hard time coming back because if you look, if you go back and you look all the way back to the 1920s, the roaring twenties, uh, we, you know, decoration and uh, decorative finishes and, and uh, wall coatings and, and coverings and all that they were so huge. Everything was very lavish in the, in the roaring twenties. And then once the depression hit, then you get into the more ready-made paint products. Uh, you look at the advertisements coming from the, the paint suppliers and you've got, you know, Susie homemaker, um, you know, painting in pearls and, and all of this. And, and so for, for decades, for decades, uh, paint turned into this DIY DIY thing. And, and you and I both know that it just, you know, people do it, but boy, quality. All right. The time now in the last decade or so, I would say things have been changing. 
people are invested and committed in mastery of this trade again. Uh, we care about it. We love it. And part of making sure that our trade moves on and gains the level of prestige that it, that it deserves is having successful apprenticeship programs where you can actually help people fall in love with the trade, help them find a talent that they didn't know that they had and give them a tool that, that they can use for the rest of their lives. So that's, uh, that's my soapbox on, uh, on the history of painting. Um, I love it. And, uh, and it's, it's just such a fun trade to be a part of. And I'm so excited to bring on a Kerr L uh, Bay. Um, let's go ahead and uh, bring on Occur. Occur Bell Ray, welcome to the show, my man. How you doing? All is well, brother. You got you almost got it. You almost you almost got it. So Occur L Bay. But I definitely get Occur L Bay. Ever, what did brother. I just say? Yeah. You said Occur L Ray. And it's cool. Oh, it's cool. <laughs> Dang it. I was thinking of Lana. You did that. You did that from earlier, but it's all good. It all kinda right. it's kinda oh, it's kinda one of those names that you, you don't say that name every day. So hey, it's all good, brother. Hey man, no, I'm no sorry. Problem. I you know, I get that all the time too with my name. People people are always messing it up. So, you know, I I'm sorry. I apologize. Occur right. L Bay, everybody. Occur no need to L apologize. Bay. <laughs> yes. Yes. Need to apologize. Listen, man, it's all good. So, um, by yeah. you know having a unique name, sometimes it's just it's just what it is. You know, you I, I always say, man, I've been called worse. Just don't call me late for dinner. That's all. So, <laughs> how you doing? I'm good. I'm good. So you know, in the in the intro, uh, I was giving our audience a little you know a little history of uh, you know where our training process where our trade come from came from and you yeah. followed a very similar path because you came up in the in the union you want to tell us a little bit about how you got into the painting trade and and what uh, uh what kind of lit your fire when you when you began to learn well wow that's a long story man i'm gonna try to keep it short yeah, please do. <laughs> My introduction into painting as a trade. First, I want to say I love the did and the fact that you you may mention the fact of really painting is an ancient art, right? It's mm -hmm. been around forever. That's how we know about the things of the past because of the people that wrote things in the caves, right? And yeah. so my introduction is definitely similar in that I was fortunate enough to live in the state. I, I, at that particular time, I was living in, in Detroit, Michigan, and uh, actually right outside Detroit, Oak Park. And uh, I was, how I got into painting, it's kind of like, I was I was doing, uh, I was fresh out of high, high school, maybe about a year or two. Uh, I got married right out of high school. So I had it and And uh, I was, I went to college for a little while, Detroit College of Business, because I always knew I wanted to own my own business. Mm -hmm. And uh, I ended up taking a temp job one day. Uh, I was kind of in between jobs. And the lady who I worked for was at a Sears out in Warren, Michigan. And they were doing some warehouse work. And I was just there working. And the lady just pulled me to the side, the manager there. And she was like, have you ever done roofing before? And I well, sort of. I used to, when I lived in Alabama during my middle school, year, middle school and high school years, uh, I worked for an auctioneer who had about 300 properties that we just, he would just drop us off. We would cut grass, we would paint, we would clean them, move everything we would do on these houses. I, I used to do that in the summertime. And so I asked her, I was like, yeah. And she was like, she called her husband up immediately. And she was like, I got this young man right here. He's a great worker and I think you should hire him. And I was like, I didn't know what to do. I was just standing there. And so yeah. he was like, he hired me. Yeah. And next thing you know, the next I was on a union job working for a Michigan uh, at the time, that company in Detroit. 
And uh, I wasn't scared or anything like that. It was my first really, really job in the building trade, if you will. Sure. And here I was the next day. I was on this roofing sure. job that a guy had got killed on about two weeks prior. Oh, man. He walked and fell through a hole through the same, oh, same job site. And so long story short, I ended up working for these guys and I ended up getting put put on a um, crew with the uh, we were doing a rehab. We were rehabbing some uh, apartment buildings. So we were doing shingles. Mm-hmm. And one of the guys, my foreman, his helper, Tommy, um, his his brother-in-law was a painter and uh, everything. So he had a paint company. Well, lo and behold, I ended up, this was like in the dead of winter. So the work was kind of scarce. Like I would work mm-hmm. some days, some days I would. And um, I, had, I ended up having to go move it in that gave us three months to get our stuff together. So mm. long, so we get, I start this job with the roofing and then we're going into now and I'm, I ended up picking up another job working at some night shift job at W submarines or something. Mm. Uh, I think that was those where I was at. And so basically, um, from there, I ended up just getting in the, um, in the newspaper and I was like, oh, I gotta find something, you know. And there it was it was a it was an ad that was posted, painting painters, uh no experience required will train. It was like eight bucks an hour. So I go take the interview and I get the job. So I gotta go get my two weeks notice to the roofing company mm-hmm. and turn to find out the company that I ended up getting the job with was Tommy's brother in law. Oh, okay. And so instantly when I went back oh, to work. Okay. So when I went back to work, I almost feel like it was kind of preordained and predestined for me to work this particular guy was some brothers and they were doing a, uh, we were doing a uh, village green apartment complex in Auburn Hills. We were doing the clubhouses, mm-hmm. the whole apartment complex. And so mm-hmm. when I got out there, you know, it was, we were basically doing apartment painting and, you know, it might be five or six apartments. We probably do like three apartments a day, you know, going there bang them out everybody just mm-hmm. cut you know we have cut in guys rollers and all of that stuff mm-hmm. and uh you know lo and behold i ended up getting this job with my with the with the company so i kind of already had an end from the beginning you know because they gave me a great reference yeah uh and then uh from there yeah i worked with these guys for maybe like two years with which year i had i was running a crew um, I started my first paint company in 98, but you know, by me having a young family, I didn't have any benefits. So I basically went from making like eight to $15 in about maybe a year and a year and a half, you know, mm-hmm. and I was doing, this is like 97, 90, mm-hmm. 97, 98, um, you know, first out of high school and, you know, now I'm, now I'm realizing I could go out there and I can make money. You know, I was I was doing little sub jobs and for the family members and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And man, I don't know. I just it was something that came natural to me. And I remember like the first the first week I, I didn't really know nothing about painting. I went and got a book from Barnes and Noble or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I just started reading on it, learning about mm-hmm. you know different types of paint, all this kind of. stuff. And the guys that was the the owners, they were real cool. Like they was like, I was like, the more I could work and learn, like I was always there on the job. And so fast forwarding, you know, I, I, now I'm working for these guys. I'm pretty much the maxed out because I'm fresh and they looking at me like, you're a rookie. I can't pay you 20 bucks an hour or whatever, even though I was telling guys that was making more money than me what to do. And right. so I ended up right. leaving. And I was my, my father was a big on the unions and stuff like that because he was a sprinkler fitter and you know he tried to get me in that but it wasn't really my thing so I was more like an arts art you know hands on mm-hmm. wood type of guy so yeah basically once I once yeah. I once I got in I ended up getting a job with this company called Interior Partnership Group who were work on unions but they were like non union we did a lot of um, office buildings, factories, uh, you know, commercial, uh, you know, discount tires, stores like that. And um, basically it was cool. I worked for them maybe, I don't know, maybe a year. And then finally my ultimate goal was getting in a union. It took me about mm-hmm. five years to finally 
got in, I got it, I got a job with Detroit Spectrum Painters. And Detroit Spectrum Painters was like one of the biggest companies in the city. We did, I mean, we pretty much painted all of the hospitals, all of the major jobs. Mm-hmm. We was work on those jobs. I had the opportunity to work, you know, uh, the mayor's office, like pretty much everywhere. I mean, like seriously. And um, I, that was where I did my apprenticeship. And uh, while I was there at the time, you know, it was only a handful of us, you know, on, even at the companies that I was with. Um, mm-hmm. Like it wasn't a lot of uh, brown folks on the job. Mm-hmm. And um, sure. a lot of my, a lot of companies that I work with, I was probably one sure. of the only brothers on the job. But I never had any problems, anything like that. One time I had an issue where, but it was something, it, it nothing like was, I didn't have to deal with like this stuff or anything like that, but it was definitely new to me, you know, being in, being in trades where, you know, you're not the only brother on the job or it was only handful of us in the apprenticeship program. But ironically, my first, I remember my first day of class and the my the company I would work for, they was like old school. We all of mm-hmm. it carried their own colorants and stuff. And my boy, he'll bring in he'll bring in stuff. He'll bring in old paint from jobs and be like match to existing, and we have to mm-hmm. make the paint right there or stains or whatever it was. And uh, that was like amazing to me, you know. And actually, the first class that I took when I became the first week of my classes when I started. Forgive me, I don't I don't remember our teacher's name at that particular time. Like he was retiring. And then we mm-hmm. ended up getting a new teacher. His name was Robert Wells. Mm-hmm. And uh Rob Rob was like, he was really experienced, man. He was a great teacher. I think he's retired now, but um he definitely taught us a lot. And I remember taking that first class and it was like the introduction to paint. And I opened up the book and it's like taking me back to caveman day. So it was like funny hearing yeah. you say this. And that was like the first thing when yeah. I read as the introduction to painting. And then here I was like, you know, new to the new to the trade. But I I, I was fortunate enough. I worked for some great companies with people that I was willing and wanting to know, you know, and we had the opportunity to be on these huge projects, you know, and do a lot of stuff in the city. So I you know, I'm very thankful for, you know, uh, opportunity to go through an actual program where I'm not just getting told what to do, but I can actually learn theory yeah. and, you know, get, you know, other class safety yeah. classes, all of these different things that we don't even really think a lot of painters don't even think about, but being exposed to that. And then, you know, like, I hope I ain't going too long. <laughs> But you're fine. I, so I let me like let I me jump in here. Yeah, yeah. So let me jump in here. So tell me what um cuz cuz you incorporate training into your into your practice now and I'm sure that you learned a lot from those, you know, from your own apprenticeship. What does for the for those of us that didn't come up in the unions, what does the structure of a union apprenticeship look like? Hmm. It's a stand say it's like there's there's certain things that we're taught that may be in the field where so it's like, you know how your mom will tell you don't 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 you know look both ways before you cross the street. You know, it's a reason for it, right? Mm-hmm. It's like I could tell somebody to go cut a room in, you know, they might not even know what I'm talking about because you know, like people can reword things, you know, to make a certain story go, if you will. And I think through the apprenticeship is what I've seen from, I guess, being, you know, relocated to Charlotte, North Carolina and coming on board with companies where the guys just didn't, they just didn't have the knowledge that I had. And um, like, for example, I mix calls, you know, uh, and then being that it was like, oh man, I lost my train of thought. But I would say, um, being that, um, 
I just asked lost my train of thought. So I was asking you, uh, you know, what does a, a union apprenticeship look like? Okay, so the union apprenticeship for me, I'll give you a little example. I know I kind of went off off the uh, beat for a second, but being that going to a classroom setting and getting hand-on instructions from the instructor that we had at that particular time and actually getting the chance to help build out our facility. We actually have a training facility in Warren, Michigan. That's pretty top flight in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And we had a chance to actually go in there and help build our school and do murals and things like that. So a lot of things that we learn in the field, we got a chance to actually learn in the classroom, being able to have to actually sit down. It like forces you in a sense to sit down and understand the technical data of the things that you're applying to the wall and understand like confined space and you know, mm-hmm. being cognizant of, you know, how to properly set up ladders and all of these things, all of these classes that we took, like usually in the field, when you learn it from like, you know, I guess without going through any type of training, there's no standard, it's no standard, standard. I hope I'm saying that right. But there's no standard, standardization as, as far yeah. as like conformity. I think you were correcting me, but it's not standardized, meaning like and when you go through the training, like books, they teach you step by step, but then you actually get the chance to do it. Yeah. And like, for example, when every year, for example, when I went to training, we had to participate in the Labor Day parade. We also participated with an organization called Paint the Town, where every year we would paint a house in certain areas of Detroit that was like blighted areas or whatever. So mm-hmm. we would go there and paint a house in like five hours, It'd be about 50, 60 painters out there. We would knock a house out in half a day and change somebody's life. You know, those type of things you don't really get to do. Like right. if you're going out there painting, in the, you're right. not going to get a chance to go you know, if you go get a job or something, get a chance, they're not going to allow you to, you're not going to have that type of ability to go out there and do things like that and have that type of experience, usually. So, like, um, another thing we did was the Boy Scout camps. Every year we would go up to the Boy Scout camps and paint the camps and things like that. Mm-hmm. And then we got a chance to be around seasoned painters, you know, who they didn't look at us like, we was going to take their job. They want us to learn. They wanted to show us the right way. Right. I, and I think like for me, like moving from Michigan, which right. was in Union State to North Carolina, I feel like they, a lot of the painters was intimidated in a sense, out of knowledge and the skill set that I had versus being around people. We all went to the same school. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So that's what I mean. I guess in standardization, painters. So, like they say, it's a hundred. You can. It's a lot of ways to skin a cat. I say heal a cat, but it's a lot of ways that you can do to do a thing. Whereas that don't mean it's always right, either. Yeah. So I hope I answered that question. Yeah. So when when you uh, begin when you you got down to to now North Carolina and uh, you started building your business and you know I've looked at your your work your workmanship you do a lot of really nice houses you do a lot of uh, work for really great clients um, when we were talking beforehand you mentioned that you have uh you have a training facility and you have very specific training processes that you're bringing your crews through and you're willing to take the time to hire slowly and train people well and help them to uh, commit to the trade in a way that isn't just, Oh, we're just growing for the sake of growing, or we're just trying to pump out more revenue, more revenue, more revenue. What we really want is to be able to produce the highest quality product that we can and have people who really know what they're doing. 
And so what I want to have you do is I want to I want to have you walk us through um, what you think are the most important aspects of a training system in your company. And you uh, you came prepared with uh, with an acronym um, in that it's all about people. So why don't you walk me through the this yes. uh, people centered framework? Um, as it relates to training this next generation of painters. All right. All right. So the first P in people, when we, when we talked earlier, I really had to think about this. I really had to think deep into what, what it really takes to, to really turn out great talent. And the first P in the people acronym is basically having prop, right proper the partnerships that you that you have. For example, we're partnered with the PCA, and by being partnered with the PCA, we have access to educational material, training things that we don't have to go out there and re, reinvent the wheel. It's already there mm -hmm. for us. It's standardized. Right. It's accredited, and it gives us more value to our customers when we can come in and say, listen, there's a lot of painters out there, but can they show you these certificates of training, bring forth, you know, this portfolio of work that just goes beyond, you know, basic painting. Mm -hmm. And so another thing is like being part of like, you know, by us coming up in the Union State, like Michigan, we had access to be able to get the top training in the industry. Okay. Everybody doesn't have that um, you know, that access and right. also like programs like, you know, other programs, you know, like NCER, for example, they're a national organization that accreditate people within the grades where they have, you know, uh, actual uh, professionals that come up and they form curriculum to show you how to do it right the first time, you know. And so that's that was what I say as far as the first P. The E is like in my case, we were fortunate enough, even though we had an experience, the experience instructors. Mm -hmm. And like in, in my case, mm -hmm. and with the the instructor at that particular time, like I think he had been paying for like uh teaching for probably like 30 years. And so we had we got a fresh new teacher in there. So we got a little bit of old school teaching. And mm -hmm. also the new school teaching, if you will. So we got a chance to get a real, a well run. Not just somebody that just read a book and then they just reading out the book, but somebody that's been in the field that has the experience that can walk you through certain things. Like you can just pick up the phone and say, "Hey, I got this problem." And they could be like, "Okay, do this, do this, mm -hmm, do this." Mm -hmm, that's mm -hmm. value in that. The next thing I would say is the O, and that's what I was saying, like. The, the the O is for the on the job training and what we gained from the program that we went through in Michigan, where we were actually able to go out and serve the community. Other experienced painters and get, you know, get training in the field. Mm -hmm. And so to me, I think that's very important. Mm -hmm. And like that's one of the things that we adopt in our company where, OK, we got painting. It's a ton of companies out there in the marketplace, you know, and I always say anybody can paint, but that don't make you a painter. And so, like, I feel like in our play, in our marketplace, there's been a lot of oversaturation of unskilled laborers. And it's kind of. I feel like if I can, we can get teaching step by step, you know, like you don't just come on a job and start rolling out the gate or brushing out the gate. You need to learn how right. to prep first, you know? So it's like taking these, right. taking these new people that's coming into the industry and even old people too, because it's a lot of guys that's been paying 20, 30 years and they just don't, they just, they just don't have it all in the sense that they were doing things that might've been taught the right way to do the first time. And so they developed these habits. And so they're like, Guys like us that come in has actually been trained, you know, to do it right, mm -hmm. do it right first time, if you will. Um, you know, we can we can uh, economize on that by sharing what we know, 
the younger generations of people that's coming up in the building trade. Because as you know, there's a shortage of workers out there. Yeah, the workers yeah, in, for sure. in abundance, but it's not like the guys out there, you know, that's doing yeah. it. And so like, I figured like, hey, why can't we, why can't we be of a service and make it make our make our business more of like a ministry where we just we coming into a house we can service the people's house beautify the people's house but also maybe they might got young kids or something like that or youth or uh, young people or maybe they don't have the money to paint their house but we can show them how they can go do it themselves the yeah and so, it adds more value so to what we do. Yeah. So I want to I want to jump in real quick and 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 kind of recap here, because there mm -hmm. are a couple points here in this uh, in this framework that I think are really important to drive home. Um, you know, so so far we've got the P standing for partnerships, which, uh, you know, a partnership with trade associations like the PCA is clear, because like you said, uh, the PCA has done the work of putting out a lot of education. And so you don't have to necessarily create training videos of everything that you do, because maybe there's a, in the repository of videos that we have in the uh, in in overdrive. Uh, maybe we've got some of those videos that you right. can use. Um, I love what you're talking about in, in with the E experience instructors, because uh, in a company, especially in a company that's growing, oftentimes the owner of the company is the most experienced painter that that the company has and what happens is as they grow they start to shift their focus from the production into the marketing and the sales into networking in the community and to uh, providing estimates and it pulls them away from the job sites and so it could be kind of challenging to maintain high uh, teaching standards when the most experienced person isn't actually in the job site. Um, but from what you're saying and what I'm picking up and what I hope our, our readers are understanding is that that is an essential component to being able to uh, grow and expand your business in a way that makes it so that the quality of the work still maintains a, a you know, high level. Because at the end of the day, the best marketing in your company that you can possibly do is the work itself. It's taking pictures of the work, putting it online, exactly. having a portfolio and the happy customer, the customer that's pleased and out there evangelizing your name, saying the good things about you. And so I think it's very critical for the owners who are um, very talented in the in the work itself to figure out a way to stay close or at least start now thinking about who in your company has that teacher, has that heart of a teacher. The, the person that can one day become the person mm -hmm. who will be the one teaching and instructing. And I'm going to add one more piece of this. You have to be careful because some of those old hats, they don't always have the best practices, especially when you hire them, uh, you know, on the outside coming in. And the reason that they don't have good practices, oftentimes I don't think it's mm -hmm. because they don't want to. It's because they have been conditioned over time because of low prices because they because they have been in a company where they just weren't charging enough or maybe they as uh as uh you know individual contractors weren't charging enough and so they didn't have the time in the job to do a good to do to do it well and so they bring in those bad practices because they've yes. been conditioned by low prices to do a poor job yeah right and there, my friend, lies the problem. <laughs> and that is why this these type of programs are so important because like you, man, it's like you read my story of my life. I put 25 years almost in, in these hands out in the world. Yeah. You're sharing, you're sharing our, you know, our gifts. But guess what? I only got two hands. You know, I got my right. son. I've been grooming my son since they were young. But at the same time, they're still not where to the level I need them to be. So again, in order for the legacy to continue of equality, you have to give it back. So I've, I've decided for me and for the whole painting industry, if we don't, if we don't go back and take time to teach these young people the proper way, 
then everything that we work for is for not, in my opinion. Yeah. And so I'm a grandfather. So I'm thinking, I'm thinking like a grandfather now, you know, I'm, I've been doing this for a lot of years, you know? Mm-hmm. So, and so like for me now it's like, okay, occur. Now you got to develop this program because that's how your business is going to go into the future and, and build your business now because you've built the reputation. Now you got to build the business now and yeah. be able to duplicate yourself by, 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 teaching us and and keeping it really simple, but giving people an understanding of, listen, man, you can have quality, but like you said, it's like, I feel like the profit's been taken out of the paint industry in mm-hmm. a sense where everybody's low button. We, we should be charging for the type of work that we do. We should be charging a lot more, you know? And I feel like, part of of me i don't worry about sharing what i know with other contractors because like if they know more if they have more information be able to make better decisions which right you know and the more we can teach each other and share with each other as contractors or whatever uh and we we got it and we have a standardization where listen like you go to any you go in any any other field to change a light bulb it's, it's got a price on it everybody got a price but we're painting is like you know what i mean yeah. So why can't we come together where it's beneficial for us as contractors to listen? Listen, we leaving a profit off the table and it's making it hard for companies to really grow because nobody's putting profit. We just working for wages. Right. Right. And that's a problem. So, you know? yeah. So let's oh. keep going down the acronym here. So we, we got the P for part for partnerships. We got E for experience instructors, E for on the job training. And now P what's the next P? P is participation, not from, let's say, well, I won't say not. Let me, let me look up. P is the participation from your class, your students. They want, they have to feel a part of it. You have to make it to where it's relatable to them. You know, like I tell people, you know, it's like, I tell my guys, like, you got to treat everybody's house. Like it's your house. Like you live in a time hall, Mm -hmm. you know? You got to teach everybody's house as a temple. Like it's a blessing. Like we get, we get to see stuff that people don't get to see. Like, you know, we're in people's homes, Yeah. you know? And sure. so like, that's a sacred place. So I feel like the participation, like for, for example, now the class I'm hosting now, which is an introduction to painting and restoration class, uh, it's furniture restoration class from, mm-hmm. uh, we got like students in there from like third, from 12 all the way to like 23. And so we had, everybody wasn't able to bring furniture. So I, I selected a couple of pieces because I, I was I furniture. That's like a hobby, but it's mm-hmm. also a business too. And uh, so I, I let everybody, we decided on the colors. We decided what we was going to do with it. And we're going to auction them off in the class. So it's like they feel a part of it. They, they get a sense of pride in what they're doing. And I think that's another thing that's missing in our industry is pride. Cause everybody's so focused on the money, you know, and how fast we can get it done. Okay. Let's produce a real quality product and let's charge more for it. Right. You know? So, and then moving forward is the love. Now, well, before we go there, it's real simple. Like before we go there, uh, the one thing that you, yeah. One thing that we mentioned about participation before that you were talking about was, the community Mm -hmm. involvement okay and also not not just in terms of turning outward and helping young folks to uh become involved in the community but also helping um you know select groups to participate in this industry um in particular um those who are uh under maybe underrepresented it i'm underrepresented um but speak to Speak to that aspect of inclusivity when you talk about participation. Absolutely. Okay. I should, I should say that, you know, it's like being, having access, right? Because mm-hmm. in the area, for example, there are no, there are, I don't think there are any training programs for painting. So being able to be 
where we are, for example, we're right in the inner city. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we service we service the inner city. We don't, we don't care what it looks like. We're here to make the inner city better because what the suburbs, you know, they take it clean. You know, you don't see a lot of suburbs, but the issues that we face are mostly in the inner city. So those are the areas that I came up in. Those are the areas where I feel there's the most potential for work. And you got a lot of a lot of uh, gang activity, you know, young men that they the school, they realize like school ain't for them, but they don't got no other options. So right. we're in a place to where we were fortunate enough to be a part of a larger organization in Charlotte called the Mecklenburg Council of Elders. That's 15 different nonprofits. And we've and within those uh, organizations, we service pretty much um, all the you know social justice reform, housing, uh, people looking for jobs, people needing to get uh counseling that we pretty much service the whole gamut and mm-hmm. really social justice reform is our is our is our goal and empowering our our inner city youth to be able to have skills where they don't feel like man I'm, i gotta go to college or i gotta go pick up a gun and rob somebody mm-hmm. gotta go but we can show them how they can make you know a thousand dollars a day you know by learning and trade so right. you know we got we got we want to be able to and for me personally i take that very personally because i was one of those kids that they say i'm supposed to be here because i came up in the street, in the inner mm-hmm. city you know i was selling drugs at, when i was in elementary school i was carrying guns and all of that from a young age i was involved with gangs everything you pretty much can think of you would probably want to look at me and be like oh it's a nice guy but i was a I was a wild kid, you know, not that I was sure. a bad kid. I always knew to go to school, you know, and I always gave respect to my elders, which I think was a saving grace for me. It's being, you know, I, I wasn't less, I wasn't out there looking for trouble, but I was in my environment. You know, I, yeah. I was grew up in a household with drug addict parents. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And um, I'm not, I'm not ashamed of that. I got beautiful yeah. parents. I, I took a lot of great things from them. That I know a lot of kids in the inner city, they don't have that access. They don't know about programs like the like you know, training programs or different things like that. So, you know, for me, it's like that's a big deal. You know what I mean? It touches me in a deep, in a deep way when I can go show somebody, hey man, I I can show you how to make six figures if you learn to trade. Yeah. You know, so. That's big yeah, for me. That's man. great. And I think that I think that commitment to community and that level of participation coming from uh you know coming from people who have been benefited by the trade and are willing to go uh you know some for some folks that's that's outside of their comfort zone to go into communities that really need the help uh to go in and and uh you know go mm-hmm. help a, a you know a youth center that needs you know that needs work and then put the kid, you know, put the people to work and train them and show them and then pull those kids out that have the potential for the talent for the work. Or maybe they they enjoy doing the work and they and they just never had that exposure. And then all of a sudden, like you said, teaching them how they can make a, a really nice living for themselves if they put in the work, if they come and do the uh, do the training. And I think that segues really beautifully into the L of your framework the love aspect tell me why love is important in this trade mac i've seen if you don't got love to me you don't got nothing you know because when you're working in somebody's house that they is sacred right I'm in my brother's house right now in the guest room, right? Because they got work to do. Yeah. And I'm respecting their house. Yeah. It's like you, when you operate with love, you can really, in my opinion, like you can really touch people beyond the uh, aspect of just coming into their house and making it better. Cause you know, like, you know, they look the customers get when you when you paint their house. To you, it's just like nothing because you do it every day. But to them, it's a big deal, you know what I'm saying? And I feel yeah. like if you don't, if you don't have yeah. love into what you do, it's like when you're talking, 
for example, you might be cutting in something high or you got to cock something. Now, the person might not be able to see it from the ground, right? Mm-hmm. But you see it. It's right there. Right. You got to make. You're going to cock it right. or you're going to let it go. That's what I'm saying. Like most, uh, I won't say most people, but a lot of people will probably let it go because the customer ain't nobody going to see it. But guy who is going to cock it, is going to make sure it's right versus somebody seeing it or not. That's mm-hmm. what makes the be- that's what makes the difference to me between a good a good painter and a great painter. Right. You know. And so when you when you're in somebody's house or in somebody's place of business, like you got to operate from that from that perspective because, you know, you just do. And like that's what that's just that's just how I live my life, man. Like if you don't love what you do, why are you doing it? Yeah, for sure. And yeah. I think that there so, are certain yeah. people who and I, are a little more. Um, I think there are certain people who are going to gravitate towards the trade. Are going to gravitate towards the trade. I'm getting a little feedback. Hold on. Okay, I'm getting a little bad. feedback. Hold on. Okay. Okay, that's better. Okay, so there are people who I think are going to gravitate to the trade who have okay, a so natural. There are people who uh, I think are going to gravitate to the trade for aesthetic based uh, work. Affinity Man, I'm for so much feedback. This is not good. All right, I'm going to let you. Oh, we're going to we're going to have the the good folks uh, trim this up a little bit, and uh, we're, let's just go ahead and go into the E. So. All right, occur. So I'm with you on the love aspect. I, you know, I think that having a passion and a love for what you do and a commitment to the trade is is powerful, impactful. Um, there are people who are out there who really do love working with their hands, and more importantly, they love beautifying things. They love making ugly things look good. Um, yes. I'm with you on yes. that. The E stands for environmental awareness. Tell me about environmental awareness. Where did this come from? Yes. How did this become a passion point for you? How did this become a passion point for you? I'm a natural tree hugger. I guess okay. it's from my indigenous roots, you know, being native, <laughs> being a, a Native American, you know, um, I don't know. I just always had a love for nature and green, green tech technology. And just, I'm always fascinated by um you know like recycling and things like that making it new or you know know, making it into something else you know i don't know it's just been something that's just been a part of me and we implemented in our company you know in a way we we also um we recycle paint we collect paint from customers a lot of customers pretty much every house you go in they got paint sitting around Mm -hmm. don't know what to do with it so why not let us take the paint and uh, let us reuse the paint, resell the paint, or donate the paint to organizations that could use it, where it's just not sitting up, or you just pouring it down down the drain, you know, and just, you know, closing of it improperly. We decided, you know, we want to bring that aspect into our company where like most of the jobs that we that we do, like for example, when people throw away switch plate covers and they give us furniture because we have a nonprofit, mm-hmm. right? So we take all of this stuff, they get a tax write-off. Mm-hmm. We use, we reuse the stuff. We know if it's furniture or whatever they need, we got it. We can right. help them. It didn't cost us a dime other than, you know, having right. to move it and store it sometimes. But for the most part, it's like, it's all, though I think the world is so, you know, the old, the world in which we've been living is very wasteful, you know? And I feel like we can't continue as, as as humanity to continue being wasteful people. You know, look at it right now. It's like it's a paint shortage going on. Right now. So mm-hmm. I feel like we in a perfect time, a perfect storm for us to bring about awareness for people where people got paint sitting, you know, that could be utilized somewhere where, you know, it can cut down from having to go cut a tree or, you know, process chemicals and all the stuff that they that they do for paint. So like environmental awareness is very important right now, especially for the, the time that we're in and going into the future. You know, yeah. I feel like more companies you need think, to adopt, yeah. you know, recycle programs. Do you, 
do you think that young people, when we're trying to attract younger, a younger group to become painters, do you think that environmental awareness and having a commitment to, uh, to the environment is important for attracting um, this next generation? Absolutely. I feel like making our, our apprentices, the people that come through our program, aware aware of the effects of, you know, just waste and, you know, how it affects the, our environment, how it affects the economy. I feel like that's a crucial part. And we have a responsibility as, as contractors, as individuals to find creative solutions where we can uh, benefit others. You know, it's like if I just got paint sitting around and we do, we got a lot. <laughs> You know, if I know somebody that need paint, like we just made a school, uh, a charter school here in Charlotte. You know, mm -hmm. we just like a bunch of books. Like, I don't even know. It's probably over a thousand books to a, to a library that we have uh, where we have our classes at. Mm -hmm. So we're always thinking of ways in which how we cannot turn something into trash and turn that thing into some treasure. Because it might be trash to someone else, but a treasure. And so I think that showing them, hey, like, for example, I'm working with, with teenagers, right? They don't necessarily have money to go out and invest in some of these high-end paints to go mm -hmm. out there and refinish furniture. I, I show them, like, hey, call everybody you know, find out if they got paint laying around their house. Right. You can take this paint, do our projects with it. Right. So it's like, and I, you didn't have to spend any money, and you could do the same thing. Like, for example, we just got a, a dresser's. A family had in their family in their family for like 20 years. It's a beautiful dresser. And I was sitting in the back of my truck right now, about to go to storage, and it's probably a new case. And you know, resold to somebody that can use it because mm -hmm. there's nothing wrong with it. So that's the way I kind of mm -hmm. take that approach when I'm, you know, when I'm teaching the, the students or just people that I my customers and everybody, like we let them know, like, don't throw that away. We may be able to use that or don't do that to another cause so right that's how very we good. that's how we roll man very right. awesome very awesome well occurred that's a we're we're out of time here but this framework i think is really important there's some really valuable nuggets for our audience to consider how they can utilize uh the resources that are available you know the, the pca is big the um yeah. having bringing in experienced instructors and don't forget that for many of you contractors out there you're the most in, in experienced instructor that you have. Don't be so quick to take yourself out of that. Um, you might be doing your company a disservice. Uh, having on-the-job uh, training, making sure that participation is high, not only in the company, but in the community at large. I love that. Uh, bringing in a love for the craft, really showing that, and then uh, something that I think is going to be important to the young generation coming up but also to um, so many of our homeowners is having that environmental awareness and uh, putting that paint to good use. And Hey, if you've got a, you know, if you've got a training facility, um, you've got all the, all the training materials that you need with that leftover paint. So uh, really, really awesome uh, conversation here. All right. So Kerr, thank you so much for being on the show. I, I appreciate you sharing your, your passion. Um, tell us a little bit about what you're doing and with your, with your training facility. Well, right now we're hosting classes, uh, basically uh, introduction classes. We got a small grant with the city of Charlotte that we're doing like a pilot program that we look uh, right. Well, right now, next year we'll be hosting for people that want to actually learn a trade, we'll have a full we'll have a full training program, uh, and also people that just want to like they might only want to learn how to paint furniture, or they may only learn how to paint kitchen cabinets. So we'll have classes uh, forming right now for next year that we're going to be offering full on you know full scale uh, training facility. And my goal my goal eventually, man, I will is to have a place where people can come out the community where it's like a fun place, like a therapeutic place where people just come mm -hmm. and we have a paint party every day. But that's yeah, for the future. Know. But now we are, we do have full-on yeah, classes and, uh, you know, we 
this class already is filled up. We we already taken four classes already, so it's pretty. It's been been a long time coming, brother, and I'm yeah. just happy to be here and sharing what we're doing. I'm glad yeah. to, you know, I feel highly grateful to even be on this. I feel so grateful, man, just to be having this interview with you right now, brother. I mean, it's been a lot, a lot of great. We've been getting a lot of great response. We had Graco, Sharon Williams, Lowe's, mm -hmm. like everybody's showing up, man. People in community and people are like, I, I want to get my son in that class. I want to get my yeah. daughter in that class. Yeah. And so, you know, even though it's yeah. we, we set this class for the younger generation, mm -hmm. we're going to have classes for people that's well, we don't. For people that's coming like out of prison, mm -hmm. uh, people that are, you know, maybe just want to come in and get training, you know, painting contractors. So we'll have safety classes, CPR classes, you name it, man. It's going, you know, we got it. So I'm like, I'm I feel really grateful, man, to be uh, in this space. We got a project coming up. I know I I know I tell you this. We got a project coming up where we're getting ready to uh restore a um uh, playground equipment at the school we're at and that's going to be december 18th awesome and so i think you guys are coming out for that oh is that right Did you know that oh well the, the yes. cat and the film crew yes. must be coming out that'll be great yes they're coming out man so we are getting ready for that that's that's like man i just feel like bro from from starting in my career i remember the first time like picking up a pca a p you know and looking into books and mm -hmm. looking at like all the fancy faux finishers and all of these things, man. And like one day I'm gonna learn how to do that. And now here I am like 24 years later and we're doing it. Awesome. And so awesome. man, I thank you guys, man. I, I, I really, awesome. you know, you saved me a lot of time, that's for sure. Cause you already got yeah. a lot of stuff we need already there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, where can we follow you so, on Instagram? Uh, check us out at Blue Crew Pinners. We're on Instagram. We actually have a Facebook page and uh, it's new stuff showing up all the time. And for the people out there, we, we are a full-on uh, renovation company also. So we do kitchen redos, remodels, additions, all of that through our partnership. So, yeah, we're we, we out here, man. Very awesome. Well, Akur, thank you so much. And, and uh, you know, you have a great day and we will... Uh, We'll see you soon uh, on PCA Overdrive as you uh, prepare for this playground uh, repaint. Thank you so much, man. Thank you. Peace. All right. There we have it. Akur El Bay. Uh, what a nice dude. Uh, very grateful for him to come in on for coming on the show today and talking about his uh, apprenticeship program. You know, Look, in my in my uh, company, you know, we had established a, an apprenticeship program where we were teaching people the, the ins and outs of painting. And the fact of the matter is, is that in in the vast majority of communities out there, there just is not a resource for learning the trade of painting. And you have that opportunity to do that. The PCA is here for you. We've got training resources, videos. Uh, Chad and, and the video crew at the PCA are going hard on creating content that you can use in the field. You can create your own, you know, you can create your own system for training and developing new talent. A lot of it is always going to come down to the people that we bring in. We have to be particular about the people that we bring in, but it's not enough to be particular because, it, because the deal is, is when you're particular, the expectations of what you are offering goes up, okay? You know how they, they say beggars can't be choosers, right? Well, you look down the road. You drive down the road. You see the people on the, you see the restaurants, the fast food restaurants offering $15, $16 an hour. In some areas, $20 an hour, okay? At some point, the, the, the wage that you're offering it is not enough. You have to create a culture for your company. You have to create a culture where the employees feel respected, where they feel like they're progressing, where they feel like they're gaining mastery over their skills, and where they are connected to a purpose 
that extends beyond the work that we're doing, when they know the impact that it has in a person's home, when they know that when they know about the satisfaction that comes from doing a really amazing work, when they become masters, that has to be our goal as an industry. That has to be the path forward. We will never, we will never find the respect that we deserve among the trades unless we are committed to mastery. We can't be blown go anymore. We got to be connected to a higher level. That's the only way that we're going to be able to command the, the prices that we deserve and that we're going to be able to gain that respect that we deserve. And we're going to be able to bring and attract the new talent, people who are true artisans, people who love working with their hands, people who love seeing the finished results of beautifying something, the finishing touches that we're putting on. We have to respect our own business and our own trade enough to develop the talent and to be committed and invested into our communities so that people respect us. It takes respect to get respect. Uh, thank you so much for listening. My name is Torlando. Paint Ed Podcasts are produced by the Painting Contractors Association and is made possible by members and industry partners. To find out more about upcoming education opportunities or for more information about joining PCA, visit PCAPaintEd.org.